Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. This is Unsportsmanlike with Evan Candy and Michelle coming to you live above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. Draymond Green suspended. Smalls accused of thirst trapping. Unbelievable. Is that actually an accusation or a compliment? I think it's it's like a game manager. It's you don't know where to put it. The game manager and the thirst trap. Similar. No, no. no game no, manager no. compliment. Gonna, no. I'm, I'm dying on that hill. Dying, and now she's getting DMs because of Pat. Wonderful. Thanks a lot, Pat. Yeah. Anyway. It's not great. All right, um, we have Thursday night football tonight between the Raiders and the Chargers. Are we assuming that both coaches will have, uh, or both teams will have openings after the season, or no? Oh, no doubt about it. Both teams are going to have openings about it. I think that from an interim standpoint, Antonio Pierce has a better chance than anybody on the Chargers staff. I don't, and Kellen Moore included in that that math. But this game is is going to go a long ways for AP and selling ownership for the Raiders that he deserves to stick around beyond just a two-month sample size. You you beat the Jets, you beat the Giants, but you haven't really beat anybody else, so we need to see you beat some other teams. We need to see you do more than just the interim head coach bump, and so I think this represents an opportunity for that. Conversely, when you look at the Chargers, I mean, this is all about just trying to figure out whether or not you got guys on the roster outside of Justin Herbert that are going to be around long-term as the program goes through a rebuild. Because now all of a sudden everybody's looking at this team and they're saying, well, your receiving core, the guys that you're relying on, they've gotten a little bit old. I think Gerald Everett, uh, Keenan Allen, and Austin Eckler represent the oldest top three receiving trio in the National Football League when it comes to productivity. So they've got work to do on that roster. They've got work overall to do on that program around Justin Herbert. And the next four weeks only serves for the organization to evaluate who's going to be a part of that process in 2024 and beyond. Yeah, absolutely. Antonio Pierce is coaching for his future, basically. Yeah. I don't think Brandon Staley is. I don't know what you could really see from him moving forward, uh, the body of work that he could put together down, down the stretch that would potentially be enough for him to save his job, right? Yeah, there's no doubt about it. But also, when you look at this game, if you're the Raiders, does this inform how you handle Devontae Adams too? Because, I mean, the, the charges are going nowhere. We know they're bad. Right. But if you're the Raiders and you finish in the cellar of the division, if you're behind the Chargers, clearly a team that needs to go through a rebuild, then what does that say about the state of your franchise? And can you justify the cost of keeping Devontae Adams around versus the draft capital that you can get from moving off of a guy like that? We got the reports earlier this year, a few weeks ago, as a matter of fact, about how the Jets are anticipated to make a run after Devontae. Is losing this game and losing more games down the stretch – opening the door for the Raiders to part company with the guy that they moved heaven and earth in order to get. I mean, if the Jets, as of now, want to give me the seventh pick for Devontae Adams, take him. He's awesome. He may be the best receiver in the sport. This is not a knock on him. It's just a reality of almost similar to Herbert. The individual could be great, but if the team does not have success with the individual and you need a restart and you're going to give me a top ten pick for any of my players that don't play quarterback, Mm -hmm. bring it. I'll, I'll I'll happily take it. I was looking at some of the numbers going into this game. 
I thought it was going to be a greater discrepancy than this. Antonio Pierce had the interim coach bump. Josh McDaniels with them was three and five. Antonio Pierce is two and three. He loses tonight. He's two and four. All of a sudden, the numbers are not that much different, and it's the overall. Now, McDaniels and, and Dave Ziegler, the former general manager, may have been part of the, the creation of the negative environment and the negative productivity with the Raiders, but the reality is this big bump in, in for Antonio Pierce may not be there by the end of the season. But to Antonio Pierce's credit, what he's done, worst case scenario, is guarantee himself at least a defensive coordinator job somewhere next year, which he was not prior to this, right? So he gets bumped from, I think, linebackers coach to head coach. So if you meet in the middle and he doesn't get this job, he's still getting an overall promotion and showing himself kindly, I think, in the overall. He's just not Lombardi upon arrival. But guess what? <laughs> Nobody else was going to be as well. All right, so you got that Thursday night game tonight, obviously, between those two teams. And, of course, the Draymond Green suspension has been the biggest story. Um, suspended indefinitely. What indefinitely means, I think we'll probably know more over the next couple of days. There have been reporting that Mike Dunleavy Jr., the general manager, and Rich Paul, his agent, are going to meet with the Warriors, and I'm sure league representatives. I have to assume that Chris Paul is going to be involved in some way, shape, or form, whether it's in that meeting or just consultation with some of the people around that meeting and somebody that served with the Players Association. I, I think this is a really ugly situation. I think we all do right now. I think Draymond Green, unfortunately, has put his actions louder than his play from a basketball perspective here. We don't know how long he is going to be out for. My guesstimation, personally, has been 10 to 15 games is where they settle. He'll probably play in the new year. But who will he play for? Does he say, you know what, this is not worth it right now. I need a break. I don't want to be a part of it. We don't know any of those answers to any of those questions. And when we say, did the NBA get it right, as we've been asking all morning, I do wonder if we small should be playing the results a little bit here. And that the answer to the question is, if he rehabilitates his ways from an actions perspective, then they got it right, regardless of how long the number is. I do want, like, did the NBA get the John Moran suspension right? The initial one, no. Right. Yeah, but, TBD. But, yeah, we don't know, TBD. right? If but, he the, comes, but the first one that they did, the eight games, yeah, def- they def- got def- that definitely wrong. Not. Definitely not. <laughs> yeah. But we, do we know if they got the second one right? I don't know the answer to that. And, I, and I, don't, I'm, I don't like playing the results, but I think in this case, you're only going to know if a punishment works is if it works, right? We know that the Draymond 5 game did not work. Do we know that a 10 or 15 game works? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But let's at least try it, though, don't you think? Absolutely. But it is also an interesting gray area moving forward because for this to work, you assume that you're never going to see any type of behavior like this from Draymond again or that he's going to be so aware of it that he can stop himself from doing things like this. But what happens if... Through the remainder of this season, whenever he does return, he's clean. He doesn't have any incidents like what we've seen in the past. But then what happens if he does it again next year? Then what do you do if you're the NBA? Well, I think you have to determine that now. And I don't know that he's going to agree on that. But I think there has to be, you know, all right, you're out 10 to 15 games. Something like this happens again. It's a half of a season. Which, again, there's no logic behind that in black and white writing with the collective bargaining agreement. So I don't know how you go about that moving forward. I I would love to sit there and say, let's establish this now. Let's all agree on this now. That this is going to be 10 or 15. But just so you understand, the next time it reaches this level, it is going to be whatever that number is. Problem with that is, if the rest of us find out about that and I'm in opposition and I'm in a playoff series against him, I am doing everything I can to try to bait him into getting kicked out. I mean, he's now a target the other way now. If you think about it, he's always been the the rough enforcer going after everybody else. 
The league's not afraid of him anymore. Donovan Mitchell didn't back down from him. Anthony Edwards didn't back down from him. I mean, you know, Gobert didn't know he was coming his way, obviously. Yeah. Nurkic is kind of laughing at him afterwards that I actually think he's the target that they're going to have people instigate with him to try to get him tossed for a long period of time. But what you just said right there, the fact that other people are laughing at him, what is what could lead to the escalation in the behavior that we've seen from Draymond over the last year, right? You're punching teammates in the face. You're choking guys. You're slapping guys in the side of the head. All of those things could be a part of why we're seeing the escalation. Couple that with the fact that he's getting older and moving into the twilight of his career, away from the heart or the prime of his career, and this could be what Draymond believes he has to do in order to hang on and compete at the level that he once did. Does everyone right now need... A change of scenery. Would it be better for, just because you're living in LA with the Lakers, Miami with the Heat, New York with the Knicks or Nets, just because you'd be there doesn't mean you're not going to be the same guy. But do we think that Draymond needs a change of scenery just to sit there and say, I need a restart and a refresh? I don't know right that now. Draymond has the same value league wise as he does with the Golden State Warriors. No, he does not. I, I, I know I, for a fact yeah, he does not. I, I don't think he does. I even wrote down in my notes and yeah. I hate to even, I was yeah, hoping I, I didn't have he, to bring this up. Yeah. But I you just brought something up. Is he the worst contract in the league right now? Ooh, interesting. Zach it ain't, Levine, it ain't, it ain't Zach Levine is, is not looking good because of the number, but somebody will trade for him. Yeah. He can still score 20 points. Like, as a Heat fan. And, I and, I, and, I, and here's the thing. I actually think Zach Levine can get better. I, I, I don't, in the I don't, right circumstance, I agree with you. I, I, don't, I don't think Draymond Green is going to get better. He's a descending player now. And the contract somewhat reflects that, right, based on the sheer numbers. But – Draymond Green is not a guy that's going to age well when it comes to what they paid out. They gave him four-year, hundred million dollar extension. Mm-hmm. That's not going to look good in in in, in his age thirty-five, thirty-six season. Once we get to twenty twenty-six, twenty twenty-seven, that contract's going to be awful. So so yeah, it's a bad deal, and it's starting to smell like regret now, just because on top of the decline in his overall ability. Now he's no longer available. That's exactly he, what I was going to say. He's been ejected in three games this year, and we're not even at the halfway point of the season. It, it, as far as I, I just, I don't know that the juice is worth the squeeze anymore. And now you're putting the organization, your head coach, and your teammates in the unenviable position of trying to explain why you keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, you can't have the production needed to make the contract worth it if you're not out on the court. Well, I think the $25 million a year at the time was worth it. I absolutely thought it was. Now it looks terrible. I also think he's worth $25 million a year specifically to Golden State. I don't know that he's worth $25 million a year to another team, and that's where it becomes very tricky, right? Because I do believe the Lakers would really want him. I think the Lakers would be very interested in him, <laughs> and I don't know I, I don't know in that spot how the Warriors would get $25 million worth of value in return that would be as good for them when things are right, which is few and far between now, than Draymond would be. But they are getting to that point where they may have to do that. And that is a place that I'm sure the Warriors at this point did not want to be in, not after giving him that contract. But maybe they look at it and say, you know what? And I love Clay too, but we don't have Clay under contract. Draymond's in the situation he's in. Wiggins hasn't been playing well. It feels like everything is kind of screaming out, like, maybe now is the time. And I don't know that now is the time in season. Maybe it's after the season. If it is after the season, it would have to be a sign and trade with Clay. You're not going to get the value in return. Not that his value is too high right now, but he is an expiring contract. That's where this is a weird conversation. Like, like we've been comparing it to Belichick. It is weird to talk about Belichick with other teams. 
right? That is not something we've talked about in 20 years with this guy. It is weird to talk about Clay Thompson and look at him as a quote-unquote expiring contract. Chris Paul as an expiring contract. Draymond Green with little to no value around the league. It's an odd place for the Warriors to be in right now and us to be in that conversation about the Warriors. Coming up, Canny or Canty, brought to you by Granger. Next. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is time now for Can He or Can't He, brought to you by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by today. We go through questions. We ask the questions Can He or Can't He? And Chris Can't He then answers. Those questions. Said questions, exactly. Yes. All right, here we go. Uh, Patrick Mahomes versus the Patriots. Over, under, 1.5 touchdown passes. I'm going to go with the over, and here's the reason why. I know Bill Belichick is always going to take away a team's number one threat, and that would be Travis Kelsey, but I think that Pat Mahomes will find a way to have productivity in the passing game. And here's the area that I'm looking back. Throwing the ball to the running backs out of the backfield. Jarrett McKinnon and company being able to get the ball to the guys out of the backfield as runners. Also, we know Andy Reid in the red zone loves himself a good shovel pass, loves himself a good jet sweep. So seeing Pat Mahomes being able to give that shovel pass to those receivers or running backs coming across in motion could absolutely see a touchdown pass, a cheapie that way for Pat Mahomes. I think he finds a way to have multiple passing touchdowns coming off of back-to-back losses. I got to think he's going to put the cape on, and that's going to involve Pat Mahomes being able to throw for multiple scores, so I'm going over. All right, next one, Travis Kelsey, over under 63.5 receiving yards. Is Taylor Swift going to be in the building? Probably. Probably, yeah, I'm going over then. Okay. I'm going over with Travis. The way that the game ended with the Canarius Tony, I just feel like that's one of those things that serves as a motivating factor. That's going to allow the Chiefs to be a little more buttoned up, and that's going to make Travis Kelsey and their best players hyper-focused. So I think we're going to see the best version of Travis Kelsey that we've seen all year down the stretch over the next four weeks. So, yes, I'm going over 63.5 yards receiving. Bill Belichick will try to bracket coverages. He'll try to inside out Travis Kelsey. But Kelsey is a master at being able to find openings in zone coverages, being able to find holes in defensive secondaries, and presenting a target for Pat Mahomes. He does that early and often in this game against the Patriots. 
I know you're answering these. I'd go under on that one. He's Belichick's always been good. You mentioned it against Travis Kelsey. That's the only guy to take away, right? Yeah. That's the weird part about Kansas City when you apply it to New England. New England always takes away the best player. Yes. And then everybody else has to do it. The issue with Kansas City is there's no everybody else this year like there has been in the past. Yeah. Uh, Russell Wilson against the Lions, over under 217.5 passing yards. I'm going under on this one. Less is more with Russ. We've seen that. And this Lions defense has shown itself to be a little bit soft when it comes to allowing some yards on the ground. So I'm going to go with under on that one. I think this will be a, a, a relatively low-scoring game when we start talking about the the defenses, uh, the defense that the Denver Broncos are bringing to the party in the way that Sean Payton wants to play on the offensive side of the ball. I believe that Denver will dictate the terms of engagement on the road against the Lions, so I'm going under 217.5 passing yards. Jared Goff over or under 249.5 passing yards. Ooh, I'm going under on that one as well. If you're Dan Campbell, you're looking at it, and golf hasn't played clean football, a lot of turnovers over the last few weeks. Take the ball, take the air out of the ball. You've got a big physical offensive line, one of the best in the NFL. Use that. Use David Montgomery. Use Jameer Gibbs. I think you pound the rock against the Denver Broncos. I want to say the Broncos have given up double-digit rushing touchdowns. They're 20th in rushing touchdowns given up this season. So you feature that running game with those two physical running backs, and you limit the amount of opportunities that Jared Goff has to make a mistake. So I'm going to go under 249.5 passing yards for Jared Goff. Justin Fields versus the Browns, over under .5 passing touchdowns. I mean, I'm going under, right? Uh, you have to go under. How could you go over? The game's in Cleveland. And we know how good that defense is in Cleveland specifically. So I'm going to go under on that one. And I'm not trying to disparage Justin Fields, but I just think this is next level uh, when it comes to the kind of defense that he's facing. This is a championship caliber unit that the Browns are bringing to the party. And I don't know that Justin Fields has evolved from from a quarterbacking standpoint enough to take advantage of any of the miscues that that back seven for Cleveland's defense may make. So I'm going to go under passing touchdowns for Justin Fields. Next one, Brock Purdy versus the Cardinals over under 247.5 passing yards. I think this is another take the air out of the ball game. I don't think that Brock Purdy will go over that number because I don't think he has to in order for San Francisco to win. I think this is running the football with CMC, running the ball with Debo Samuel, Elijah Mitchell, using those guys, using the ground game, uh, because the only way that the Cardinals have of being able to stay in that game is if the offense for the 49ers makes mistakes. The 49ers are a supremely talented team when you're matching them up on paper. So just don't make any mistakes, and you'll be able to stack a win. To me, it's under 247.5 passing yards for Brock. The only thing that could change it is how much everybody wants Brock to win the MVP. That could be the only thing that changes it, but I don't think this is I don't think this is the game that you're asking Brock to go out there and win the MVP. I think this is a game where Brock could lose the MVP, which is why you want to run the football just to make sure you minimize mistakes. Is there a race by the way, quick question, is there a race whoever gets the 40 and under 10 touchdown interception ratio? Is that kind of the number we're looking at? Dak, Brock, if you can get to 40 or more touchdowns, 10 or less interceptions. That feel like a number to you? Well, I think the wins are what's going to matter most. The numbers are going to be comparable. They're both going to be right there. We, we've already gotten through three-fourths of the season. So, uh, I mean, that, that's, that's right now 
going to be the litmus. Where do you finish with their overall record? Where do you finish in your division race? And all of those things are still TBD. CMC, over under 119 and a half yards. Well, obviously over. Obviously over. I, I'm thinking that this is going to be a take the air out of the ball kind of game. So I think CMC is going to be featured early and often. Just like what we saw last week with the Seattle Seahawks. He rips off a 70-yard run to start that game first play. I think they feed him early, but I also think they get other people involved in the running game. But CMC is going to be the head of the state when it comes to their offensive attack against Arizona. Dallas at Buffalo. Josh Allen over under one and a half passing touchdowns. This is the game of the week, right? Yeah. I mean, Bills, Cowboys. uh, I mean, can the Cowboys take the show on the road and get this done? That's going to be interesting. I think a lot of the the outcome hinges on Dallas's ability to be able to force Josh Allen to be exclusively a passer and not use his legs. We know that Josh Allen in big games is willing to take off and run. You saw it last week against the Kansas City Chiefs. That's something that he does. That's in his DNA. So if Dallas can manage the QB run game, then I think they can limit the overall productivity that he has in the passing game. Those are all things that are easily said and not done, and that's why I'm going over one and a half passing touchdowns for Josh Allen. Wow. Dak Prescott over under 280 and a half passing yards. How could you say under with Dak? I got to go over. Dak is a stat monster. And one of the things that worries me is this Bills pass rush. Who, who up front for the Buffalo Bills scares you? Von Miller is a shell of himself. I mean, who scares you? in terms of being able to get after the passer, especially with a really good offensive line that the Dallas Cowboys are taking to Buffalo. I I just – I think this is a huge game for Dak, another opportunity for him to make a statement about MVP. They've exercised that demon in the head-to-head matchup between him and Jalen Hurts, and now I think they look to build on that the following week. So I think that this is a game where Dak goes over 280.5 passing yards. Lamar Jackson versus the Jaguars over under one and a half passing touchdowns. Ooh, I'm going to go under on that one. I'm going under on that one. I like what I'm seeing from the Baltimore Ravens passing attack, but you got to think that the defense for the Jags is going to drill down on it. They, They saw, you know, him spraying the ball around to all those different receivers. I think this is a game where Jacksonville is going to force Baltimore to run first which is a dangerous proposition, but I think you, you have an opportunity to dictate the complexion if you're Jacksonville by by forcing the Ravens to be a run outfit more so than a passing outfit. Been a long time since we said that about an approach to a Baltimore Ravens offense with Lamar Jackson, but I think that has to be the path to victory for Jacksonville. You can't let the score get out of whack early on because you know if Baltimore gets out ahead early, then they can shorten the game like nobody's business. So I think that that has to be the approach. I'm going under one and a half passing touchdowns for Lamar. Last one, same game. Trevor Lawrence over under 227 and a half passing yards. I think we probably all forget after last week he playing through injury. Like we we just like somehow ignore that this guy has a high ankle sprain. He's like, nah, whatever, I'll play. They mm-hmm. lost to the Browns, but he is still hurt. Yeah, and I'm going under on that one. He's playing the Baltimore Ravens defense. I mean, the Ravens are the second best defense in the National Football League when it comes to total yards, scoring, and defensive EPA. They they are a monster. And, and Roquan Smith, I, I don't think he garners enough attention for defensive player of the year. I think he's that good. So I'm going to go under not being fully healthy going up against this defense. Yeah, not a great formula if you're Trevor Lawrence and the Jags. Can he or can't he? Brought to you by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right products for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by today. All right, coming up. 
our ESPN phone tag. It started with Mike Greenberg. We have an ESPN guest on. They picked the next guest. It went to Joe Buck, right? Joe Buck then picked John Smoltz, who doesn't work at ESPN, <laughs> who picked Boog Shambi, who picked Mike Breen, who picked our boss, Mark Gross, who went back to the Buck family, but not with Joe, Michelle Beisner Buck, ESPN NFL reporter. You see her all over Monday Night Football, Monday Night Countdown. She will join us next. It's on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. And that is where we left off with ESPN phone tag. We are on Sportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, ESPNU, presented by Progressive Insurance, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. What is ESPN phone tag? We have ESPN guests on. We talk to them about what's going on in their life and their assignments in the sports world, and they pick our next ESPN guest. I got to be honest. I thought our next guest was going to be on about a month ago, <laughs> but her husband decided not to pick her. Michelle Beisner-Buck joins us, ESPN NFL feature reporter, fantasy football expert from what I have gathered as well. Michelle, I thought you were going to be on literally a month ago. Joe Buck, your husband picked John Smoltz, who doesn't work here, and didn't pick you. Can you explain this to us? I, I cannot explain <laughs> the majority of things that Joe Buck does on a daily basis. So no. And and isn't the assignment, didn't he fail the assignment? Isn't the assignment to nominate somebody that works at ESPN? Correct. And we, and I gotta be honest, I gotta be honest, Michelle, God's honest truth. He did it. And in the moment I'm like, wait, does John Smoltz work here? I couldn't figure out. I thought I got confused. Right. Well, listen, we've got a lot of employees at the mothership, so you never know. I mean, he could he could be doing some – he could drop in for some baseball games. You never know. But, um, yeah, I was offended. Thank, thank goodness for our boss, Mark Gross. 
Thank goodness for Mark Gross. We're so thrilled to have you on the show, Michelle. We were hoping that your husband would pick you because we definitely wanted to talk to you. You do great work for us uh, on Monday Night Football. And you've had some amazing interviews this year, most notably two coaches that I think surprised a lot of people in Dan Campbell and Nick Sirianni. We saw different sides of them during your sit-downs with them. But which one of those two coaches surprised you more? Well, you know, I think that I don't think either one of them surprised me because what's so great about these guys and maybe it's just kind of this new wave and generation of coaches is that they're very unapologetically just themselves and they don't shy away from exactly who they are. So, you know, you can let Mike McDaniel in there. Um, There's a handful of guys right now that are just like, hey, this is this is it. And I think the players really respond to that. I mean, I will tell you, it was a very basic question it was definitely not like a barbara walters prepped get him to cry question that i hit dan campbell with when he actually i mean he he cried and and the the only thing i sat with him the beginning of 2021 when he and jared goff were kind of starting this new chapter with the lions and when i sat with him just this past october i said hey I sat with you a couple of years ago and i asked you at that time what's one word that that would describe this locker room and what your mission is something to that effect and um he answered it and and he just he he just kind of looked down for a good 10 seconds and i let that breathe and i thought to myself oh boy what what are we going to get here and he looked up and he just i mean he was just emotional because he he's this blue collar guy that was never supposed to be where he is from from his standpoint, right? That's what he thinks. He's like, look, I'm just somebody that was just powering through. Like, I wasn't supposed to be where I am. I wasn't supposed to play as long as I did. But here I am. And I think the guys in his locker room really love the fact that he's not afraid to get emotional, that he's just, again, unapologetically just who he is. And you you root for guys like that, right? Like, you root for a Nick Sirianni who – I think Eagles, I mean, listen, we all know how Eagles fans are. They they are passionate and they are opinionated and God love them for it, right? But for as much as Nick Sirianni was, I guess, criticized for his sunflower Sirianni uh, metaphor that he, uh, did you guys hear about that? Oh, yeah. Last mm-hmm. year, that yeah. was uh, oh, amazing. Yeah. Of yeah. Amazing. Right. So as much as he gets, you know, crap for that for a good analogy that he comes up with like he doesn't care like he knows what works for him and and it works for the locker room and the guys respond to that so you know i again i think there's like there's this really cool just wave of coaches right now that um are very are the opposite of bill belichick um and you know i I say that in the nicest possible way but they just don't they don't care They, they want you to see exactly who they are Michelle, you had an opportunity to do a feature on the Kelsey brothers as a part of our Monday Night Football coverage, and you did it from a bit of a different angle because you talked to Butch Jones and Brian Kelly, the collegiate coaches for the Kelsey brothers at University of Cincinnati. What's one thing you learned from those coaches about the Kelsey brothers that might not be out there um, already in the public knowledge? Well, you know, it's it's well documented that Travis had a bit of an issue in college, got in a little bit of trouble um, and was suspended for a year. And Butch Jones and Travis have an extremely close relationship. And Jason, or I'm sorry, Travis will credit Butch for his tough love 
for getting him to where he is today. And Butch is just, I mean, he's just like this teddy bear of of a coach that really knew at the time that this may be tough, but this is what's right. And he's got, you know, there's a, there's a whole feature. There's just a, there's a completely separate feature that we could do just on their relationship. Butch has got this Jersey in his office and, you know, he's, he's got a lot of jerseys in his office and former players have signed it and whatnot. But I mean, Travis filled in every area that he could possibly fill in to write this very long and heartfelt, genuine note of just love and appreciation for his coach. And, so Butch got Travis at the University of Cincinnati because Brian Kelly had just left. And Brian Kelly thought, you know, had more dealings with um, with Jason. And Jason, Jason's just really, he's always, I, I think now when we see what he does with his, with his podcast, with the Christmas album, I didn't think that he was as serious as he, as he is. I didn't think mm. that he was always that way, but from, from the time that he was scouted in high school, from the conversations that Brian told me that he had with his parents, Jason has always been the very serious, very, um, very tough, very hard-nosed player and person. And, I mean, I guess you'd see some of that. They're very different as far as that goes, right? Like Travis is there for the party. He's the first to arrive and the last to leave kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And Jason is, is a little bit more buttoned up. Um, Travis is more of a free spirit. But I just I didn't realize that he was that serious all the time. But with that seriousness comes so much passion. I mean, I, I watched um, the, the Kelsey doc, the Jason Kelsey doc on Amazon Prime, and I'm just like sobbing through it because <laughs> – you can feel how much he cares, and yet he's very level-headed, and he kind of is the glue, right, that, that keeps the family together, especially his brother. I mean, that relationship between them is really special, and he always, especially when Travis was going through all of that, that rough patch, that adversity during his collegiate years, I mean, it was, it was Jason that, that also stepped in and saved his ass and went to Coach Jones and said, just let me take care of him. Don't give up on him. Let me take him under my way. I will set him straight. And he did. Um, so it was really cool just to get a different perspective, right? Because everybody wants to sit with Jason and everyone sits with Travis and Mom and and Taylor. and, and But it's we wanted to take a different approach and try to learn something new. And we did. They did, they did a very good job, Butch and Brian. We are on Sportsman Like here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you, joined by Michelle Beisner-Buck, who's amazing, ESPN NFL reporter. I'd like her to be a weekly guest. I'm going to say this as if she's not here. I'm going to say this to the rest of us. We'd like her on every single week because she's so phenomenal and fun at what she does. Uh, before you pick our next ESPN guest, tell us about this fantasy league. Per sources close to me, you're very excited about the fact that you're in the playoffs. <laughs> who's in this league? Who are you beating? Why does this excite you so much about your fantasy football league? Do you want to know why I'm excited about this? Because I've played in this league for, I feel like, longer than I've been alive. <laughs> and I finish towards the bottom every single year. And it is so maddening. Just, I, I don't know. I mean, fantasy football is such a mind. It, 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 it drives me absolutely crazy. And I'm sure it does you guys as well. Um, but I have got, I'm in this league that Michael Fabiano put together with female sports broadcasters from, from all over, from different networks. And um, so we've got Stacey Dales, we've got Colleen Wolf, we've got Michelle Beadle, we've got 
Um, and, and, and not just broadcasters, like Summer Sanders is in there. I mean, we've, Anita Marks, like we've got a great, incredible, Cynthia Freeland, I could go on and on, an incredibly talented pool of women. And um, they're really good. And, and I am, am not traditionally been so good. But this year, <laughs> first round by, my friend. Oh, and man. I'm very excited about it because my team, knock on wood, God willing, they stay healthy, is pretty stacked pretty loaded so i'm not going to get ahead of myself i'm not going to pat myself on the back and raise my you know and clear a space in our you know i have to move aside some of joe's emmys but i would like to clear some space for that championship belt that might be coming my way all right we need another michelle with st louis ties michelle smallman to get in that league next year i mean small oh i would love that you got to get in there next year on that one all right michelle beisner buck michelle wait michelle really quick do you do you do you like st louis do you miss st louis do I like St. Louis, Michelle? It's my entire identity. I love St. Louis. I miss it every single day. I'm literally counting down the days until I get to go back home for Christmas. Okay, well, you and I need to get together then. You, you need to that. show me. You need to show me around because as long as I've lived here, I feel I still feel like I'm trying to find my way. Oh, I got you. I trust me. I will connect you with all the people you need to be connected with. We'll go to all the fun spots. We're gonna hang out. Boom! Love it. Awesome. All right. Now, before we let you go. It is your job to pick yeah. our next ESPN guest. Unlike your husband, let's hope you pick somebody that works for ESPN. <laughs> Michelle Beisner Buck, ESPN phone tag. Who do we need to book next? All right. I've thought long, just like, just like everyone, I've thought long and hard about this. I would like to tag Emmy-winning sideline reporter for the NBA and Monday Night Football, my dear friend, Lisa Salters. Lisa Salters, next up on the list. You stay as part of your family, which Joe did not. Uh, You (laughs) stay as part of your Monday Night Football family, Lisa Salters. Next up, ESPN phone tag. Michelle Beisner Buck, thank you so much for the time, and we look forward to hearing the stories about you and Smalls hanging out in St. Louis (laughs) over Christmas. Right. I love it. I can't wait. Thanks, you guys. Happy holidays. Thanks, Michelle. Michelle Beisner Buck. It was amazing. Lisa Salters. Up next, Amazing. you know our producer has to get her within one week or CC puts him in an ice bath. Our unsportsmanlike moment of the day coming up next. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We are Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen. Hey, Nuno, our producer, is is Lisa Salters ready to go? (laughs) Do we have her yet? Nuno, any progress on Lisa Salters? Where are we with that? 
Uh, yeah, I'll get back to you. Okay, all right. I'm just he's saying. Efforting. I mean, he's efforting. He's efforting. It wasn't going to be that quick of a turnaround, right? Uh, do your yeah. job. When, also, when is it ever that quick? Not, with, not, when is it ever that quick with Nuno, though? Whoa. It's never that quick. Oh, wow. It's never that quick. Wow. 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 This is what show on Joe Crime today. Uh, what have I done to you today, Candy? I've left you alone today. Today, today. <laughs> exactly. You give the caveat, the qualifier of today. I live day by day. As, 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 as if he live, doesn't razz me other days. I Come live on, day man. by day. What I did yesterday to you is past. Like, now we're focused on today. Well, Pat went after Smalls a little bit. A little bit. Uh, CeCe's got his ESPN bet uh, pick of the night here. I may unintentionally go after Javante. Not really him, but in a second. But give your pick of the night, your what best bet for tonight. On. All right, so we just need an easy win. Back-to-back losing nights. We just got to get a win. Kind of like last call, and you haven't found that special someone. This is when you go for the easy win. So, we're getting the easy win tonight. We've got the NBA and the NFL on deck. So, we're going to roll with the Sacramento Kings, laying one and a half, hosting the Oklahoma City Thunder. And we're going to go with the Las Vegas Raiders laying three, hosting the L.A. Chargers. Laying three. Laying three. So it's Kings laying one and a half against the Oklahoma City Thunder and the and Las Vegas Raiders, I almost said L.A. Raiders, Las Vegas Raiders laying three, hosting the L.A. Chargers. That two-leg parlay pays out at plus two. 50. So a little change, a little change. But we're going for an easy win. We All just right. need to turn the page. We just need a win. We there just we need go, a win. the best bet. So here's yeah. where we're going to go after Javante a oh, little no. bit unintentionally. Javante's from Michigan. He's a Pistons fan. Mm. Unsportsmanlike moments of the day, the, the weird things, the funny things, the quirky things that we find interesting. Last night, the Pistons lost yet again. You know how many losses in a row? 21. 21. 21. 21. 20. One losses. Is that in not a row. good? <laughs> Is that not no, good? I think that's good. That's a little unsportsmanlike. Spurs are at an 18 game losing streak right now. And oh, by the way, the Wizards are 3 and 20. Yeah. What a big three in the NBA right now of those three teams. The only problem for the Pistons is being the worst team when the best player in the 2024 NBA draft is supposed to be a point guard, Isaiah Collier. It's not good for them. They've already got point guards. Like the, 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 like the Pistons just stockpile point guards at this point. But wait, there's more. How about having the first pick in the 24 draft when everybody loved the 23 draft and the 25 draft? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's even more of a problem That's there. A great point. But how many losses in a row? 21. 21. 21? Okay. Um, Also, some more NBA things that are unsportsmanlike. Last night, there was a continuation of something that happened in the in-season tournament. Remember there was the the fake Dame time by Tyrese Halliburton of the Pacers? He went to his wrist, and when they beat the Bucs, there was kind of bad blood. And we sat here, and we're like, hey, this this could be good. Maybe there's some beef with these two teams. Well, last night, Giannis scored 60-plus for the Bucs. He was looking for the ball after the game, and I guess the Pacers— took the ball to give it to Oscar Tashibwe, if I'm saying his name right, for his first NBA points. Now, technically, he did score in the in-season tournament, but those points and stats don't count towards the NBA season. They're separate. So there was like a whole battle for the ball post-game where they were running around and beef between these two. I now am hoping the Indiana Pacers and the Milwaukee Bucks play each other in the playoffs because if you're fighting over a ball— I mean, what are we doing, by the way? The Lakers are putting up an in-season tournament banner, and the Antetokounmpo's are going crazy for a Giannis 60-plus point game. He had 50 points in a closeout game in the NBA Finals to win a title. I don't want to say who cares that he had 60-plus, but who cares? Well, he did have 64 points, though. That's a pretty special night. I want that basketball, too. But here's what I don't understand. 
why do you need to send everybody back there in order to get the basketball back? Why, like, why does it rise to that level where it's like that kind of altercation slash melee where somebody from the Pacers front office ends up getting hurt? I don't understand. That. It's so weird to that me. Makes it, that makes it weird. By the way, he didn't want the ball for himself. He wanted it for Dame. He wanted it for Damian Lillard because he made his 2,451st career three-pointer. He passed Kyle Korver for fifth place in NBA history. So Giannis said oh, he yeah, wanted the ball that's why Dame for is- Dame. It wasn't for him. He said what he was, are we doing he was here? So, so just because it, just because you're trying to make it seem selfless doesn't mean what you did was acceptable. Like I don't understand. When did the NBA get so violent? This coming from the NFL player. When did the NBA become so violent? You got Draymond yep. slapping people in the head, choking folks out, and now you got Giannis. And you know Bobby Portis was in the middle of that too. Of course he was. You know Bobby, of course. I mean, to that, all of them mobbing up to go to the Pacers locker room to get the ball. What, what we, is going on? I'll, I'll add one. We're putting up in-season trophy banners, and now we're caring about oh, a ball on, for you, fifth why, 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 why all-time Why got to drive the Lakers in I mean, what are we doing here Why, why got to do that? <laughs> he said, at the end of the day, you're talking about the guy that just sh- skipped Kyle Korver in the all-time list. In my opinion, we should all stop what we're doing and appreciate greatness. All right, here's Giannis post-game. Oh, here let's, let's take a listen to what he had to say. I knew they had the game ball. I don't I didn't think I have the hand game ball. I knew they had the ball. First of all, you cannot. I, I don't know how it works, but um, I assume like I cannot just walk in in any arena that I play and just take the ball. Like Dame was fifth of all time. I scored sixty. At the end of the day, like the ball that uh, they gave us, I offered it to Dame. Like. I scored 60, he scored multiple times 60, he scored 70, and he, you know, uh, he should have the ball. But at the end of the day, I don't think it's fair for you know, anybody. Uh, and I understand, like, I understand when you score your first uh, point in the, in the NBA, like, you want to have the ball or whatever the case might be. Um, but at the end of the day, like, we're talking about the, the guy that, um, you know, skipped uh, Kyle Korver in the all-time list, and uh, in my opinion, I feel like we should all, you know, kind of stop what we're doing and appreciate greatness. Yeah, and nobody's saying not to stop what you're doing and appreciate greatness, but why you got to roll up on them like you about to do something in order to get the ball back? There, there should be a better way Very of being able weird. to accomplish this. Like, like just, just send somebody over there from the team and say, hey, we would like to have the basketball to commemorate. This is something that usually the equipment managers in the NFL figure out. Like, if you want that ball, hey, we want to work this out. We want to figure this out. Okay, we'll take care of it. You hear about this in baseball all the time. Yeah. I don't understand why the Just players. Give them another ball. I don't understand. Who That's more what I'm than one ball. Who knows the difference? I have no That's idea. the point. Who knows the difference? It's different if it's a uniform and you know it's actually worn and you can tell. And there's pictures. Like who, know, who knows? Who cares? There's one more unsportsmanlike moment. Very quickly, the Chicago Bulls are going to have a Ring of Honor night coming up that they invited Michael Jordan and Scottie. Are Pippen. they going to eject Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen when well, they when they do the ceremony? Are they going to invite their families? I would imagine. Oh, why would Why wouldn't you invite your family? The Ring of Honor. God. You should. You should invite their kids. Absolutely. As, and a plus one. I would want and my kid, kids and, and their, their loved kids, ones there. Plus one. Significant others. Yeah. yeah. Fiance, wife. Greeny, up next. We're on to Friday on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.